Hola, amor. Hola, cariño. Y bienvenidos a Uy, qué horror, a Latinx horror movie podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I'm Johnny. And I'm Eileen. Hi. <laughs> I can't look at I Hi. <laughs> I can't look at Eileen right now because I... um. You know, we try to do like poker face before we start. And mm -hmm. uh, I picked a bad movie this week. I picked a bad fucking movie. <laughs> so I'm just like, I can't look at you or I'll just like start laughing really, really sure. hard. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm coming in hot with some fun facts that I learned this week. Oh, oh, my God. Yes. Right, right. You have some chisme for me. I forgot. Yes. I have some achievement. Uh, it's more of like a little fun trivia thing. So cool. I was hanging out on Instagram as one does, and I I was going through the stories and Adi Montañez Haggerty at Adi Mountains. If you still haven't followed her, our special guest from the Mimic episode had posted some pictures of it looked like a GDT collection box. So she had Epinazo el Diablo, Cronos kind of thing. The reason why she was posting it was because I think was Epinazo el Diablo was number 666 or something like yeah, that. It was something yeah. goofy like that. And I commented, I was like, this is so cool or whatever. And she responds with, she got real Mexican with me. She was like, güey. In, <laughs> in regular font, like güey. And then the next one, güey, pero in all capitals. <laughs> nice. And she says, dientes sale en el espinazo el diablo, super chiquito. And the minute she said that, I got transported back to el espinazo el diablo. Yeah. He was the little boy that didn't speak. No fucking way. That was fucking dientes. Are we sure? Yes. I go, no way, OMG. And she goes, aha, several A's. And I said, even bigger teeth, probably. <laughs> He's smaller. Or maybe maybe he grew into them a little bit more. Honestly, I can't remember how it, how, how he looked. <laughs> she goes, es uno de los moritos, el que no habla. And I was like, oh my God, you're right, holy shit. And She goes, that was one hell of a discovery yesterday when I was watching it. And I was like, I know, totally mind blown. And she says, you have to tell Johnny. And I said, I'm saving it for the pod. So there you go. I wonder if the reason he didn't speak was because he didn't speak Spanish. Tal vez. So GDT was like, listen, kid, I want you in my movie. So you're going to be in this movie. And Espinazo del Diablo was post mimic, correct? No, Espinazo was before. Are we sure? I think. I'm doing it right now. I am, I am DBing it. I'm going to say it was after. Well, unfortunately, Adi, this is a message specifically to Adi Montañez <laughs> oh, Haggerty. She is spreading rumors. She is spreading lies. Do not believe Adi <laughs> Haggerty when she tells you that, because Johnny was right, yes, uh, Espinazo el Diablo came after Mimic, so that wouldn't have made sense that <laughs> era más chiquito in, in el, Espin el Espinazo el Diablo. But listen, maybe they just had a big, maybe Guillermo el Toro just loves big teethed kids. Big toothed? The big toothed kids. He's got a theme. He sticks to it. You know, we see this in all his films. Big teeth, magical children, <laughs> extreme gore, you know. <laughs> Classic 
GDT tropes. <laughs> Send Adi a message at Mountains, wherever you have your social. Yes. And be like, what the fuck, girl? <laughs> at Mountains on Twitter, at Adi Mountains on Instagram, and you let her know. Listen, you we her heard know. you're spreading rumors, and your rumors... Listen, to quote Lindsay Lohan, I'm tired of rumors <laughs> getting started. Oh, my God. Thank you for that one. Why won't you just let me live? Uh, why won't you let me live? I used to love that fucking song. Of back course in the day. you of did. Of course I did. Of course I did. Um, watch us actually be wrong. And it is the same kid, but I don't yo think no it is. Yo no creo. Yo no creo. Yeah. I mean, it's a reason to watch El Espinazo del Diablo again, sí. which great movie. And también, like, if it was, what a lovely fantasy to live in that yes. those two children were the same. For us, it will be. Connected by teeth. By teeth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have something for you here. Oh. It's our new our new tradition. <laughs> Our new tradition of finding a movie title from a horror movie title in Spanish or Portuguese, Mm -hmm. like a famous horror movie and what it was called in Latin America. I have two of them for you today. Oh, two. ¿Y por qué dos? Bueno, because they're both great movies, but the translation is very simple. It's not exciting, it's not thrilling, but it definitely relates to the movie that we're going to talk about today. I think you can already guess what I pulled up, pero the first one that I pulled up is The Exorcist. The Exorcist, I knew it! <laughs> the Exorcist, which in Spanish is El Exorcista, El Exorcista. and in Portuguese it's U Exorcista? Yeah, sure. Can you say it? U Exorcista. And then the other one that I found is the movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Have you ever seen oh, that sure. movie? Oh, sure. Never seen. Oh, my God. I saw it in college. I was high as balls. It scared the, <laughs> the living shit fuck <laughs> out of me. I mean, I was really stoned. Sure. Um. So, I, And I haven't watched it since, so it might be a, a t- total garbage. But I remember just being like, ah, no, 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 no. Terrible choice to watch it high. Oh, claro que sí. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'll just go ahead and say that I was high when I watched our film, this um, oh, that we will discuss. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, The Exorcism of Emily Rose in Spanish is El Exorcismo de la Emily Rose, or The Emily Rose. Uh-huh. And in Portuguese, it's O Exorcismo de Emily Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That ties into what we're talking about today. Like I mentioned, this was my pick this week. And uh, okay, so I <laughs> something surprising, though, is that we're going back to Guatemala. Yeah. Which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but we have not revisited Guatemala since we did La Llorona, which was our very first episode. Yes. I'm excited to go back to Guatemala, pero la película wasn't good. It no. wasn't good. And okay, so the title of the movie that I picked is Exorcismo Documentado. So basically like documented, documented exorcism, exorcism. <laughs> which I kind of like the title. It's very sure. much like this is what you're going to get, a documented exorcism. So this was written by Ray Figueroa and directed by Rodrigo Estrada Alday. And look, we've said this before. 
I don't like to shit on these movies. I just don't. Uh, So I really did my best to, first of all, make sense of this film. Because Mm -hmm. if there was an editor for this film, they failed. They failed. The I'm going to say that like every single thing that was filmed for this movie was included because this movie is it's two, two hours, long. hours long. You sent me a text yesterday and you, in all <laughs> caps that was like, how is there still an hour left of this film? They left no stone unturned. They included no. every spooky possible thing the they could. The cutting room floor was absolutely nude. You Naked, could eat not a thing. off that cutting room floor. <laughs> it was spotless. Yes, yeah. And that was a mistake. They needed some severe editing in this film. If they had cut a solid 30 minutes from this movie, it would genuinely be kind of good. I will say, though, that one of the highlights for me in this movie, which is not, this isn't a compliment to the film, but it was to find where they had literally ripped either audio or even like visual from other horror movies. Uh And I was like, oh, that's from this movie. That's from this movie. I don't know how you fucking did this because, you know, copyright, copyright, copyright. Like if this I feel like if this movie got found out, they would be sued. People would be like, you owe us so much money. Yeah, I watch this on Tubi. Don't rat them out, people, because they'd be in trouble. (laughs) Dude. Holy shit. Okay. All right. So do you have a synopsis for us? I absolutely do. A 16-year-old girl is diagnosed with severe depression. Three months later, strange and spooky things start happening at her home. This is incorrect because strange and spooky things, it's right off the bat. From the moment. You step into this film. And you're like, oh, possessed. And also, oh, I mean, we'll get into this in a moment, but it says at the top of this film, this is presented in chronological order. Lies. Lies and deceit. (laughs) Yeah. At least I don't think it was. If it was, I am heavily confused. Okay. Are we ready (laughs) to go back to Guatemala? Yes, let's do it. All right, here we go. Exorcismo documentado. Guatemala. Oh, I didn't say the year, did I? It's from 2012, everybody. 2012. Mm -hmm. Let's go. We hear spooky music. And in this spooky music, they ripped the Jaws intro, kind of like sonar-ish sounds from the top. Of course, I know this because Jaws is my favorite movie. Sure. I'm 99.9% sure. It's like the, the so it's kind of like blips and bloops from the top of Jaws when you have sure. right before like the da comes in. That's in this fucking spooky music <laughs> over our credits. We get an intertitle. Get ready for every single intertitle in the world throughout this entire film. So this intertitle says it's October of 2006. 16-year-old Ana Nicole Menendez, who they call Nikki throughout this film, so I'll just call her Nikki, La Nikki. So La Nikki was diagnosed with severe depression. Three months later, spooky things started happening in her house. Which is literally the... (laughs) (laughs) That's literally the synopsis that I was given. Like, when I read that intertitle, because I had it written down before, I was like, oh, that's literally just the first intertitle of this film. (laughs) Okay. 
So it says this film is a chronological reconstruction of those events. That is a lie. Based on audio and film taken by the family and the doctor in charge of Nikki's treatment with the intention of exposing the paranormal events that happened. The original material is property of the Instituto Nacional de Psiquiatría y Neuropatología de Guatemala. We thank the family and the Archbishop for their cooperation. What you are about to see is disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised. Now, I am a sucker. Because when we see this intertitle, and the minute I saw El Instituto Nacional de Psiquiatría y Neuropatología de Guatemala, and underneath it, they have like the stamps of these supposed institutions or whatever. Cuando yo te digo que yo en mi computadora mm -hmm. para hacer el research del trivia, I typed in Instituto Nacional de Psiquiatría y Neuropatología de Guatemala. That motherfucking thing don't exist, bitch. I'm so glad that you <laughs> looked it up because I meant to look it up for trivia and I didn't. Okay, so it is not a thing. There is something about psiquiatría in Guatemala, which I'll get to in trivia. Cool. Pero the second one is literally like Instituto de Psiquiatría en México. And I was like, no, joda, hijo de la gran puta. Listen, you can laugh because no, I laugh I, no, too I, at myself. Literally, my note here was, this is a cool idea. I like this idea. <laughs> Yo dije, esto... Es de verdad, entonces, porque en el poster it says like basada en eventos reales. Of course. And I'm like, bro, entonces, the shot that comes after that intertitle is like, <laughs> it's like a camcorder and you see all the things like the recording and the whatever yeah. on the sides of the, of the lens and whatever. And it's like, you know, staticky and moving. And the minute I saw that, I was like, oh, I am a gullible ass <laughs> stupid bitch. Well, you also told me you were stoned. Well, at this point, I wasn't yet. Entonces yo sintiéndome inteligentísima, I'm like, ah, yes, the Instituto de Psiquiatría en Guatemala. And then I was like, Eileen, this is why you thought the Blair Witch was true back in the day. It speaks volumes to me that you just told me, like, at first you weren't stoned, but then going into the movie, you were like, oh, fuck, I'm going to need this. <laughs> I'm going to need to get high to get through this Oh, shit. no. Oh, my God. Okay, so I have a moment that actually relates to that. Like, I don't think you're a sucker because literally oh. at a moment at the end of, closer to the end of the movie, there was a moment where I was like, oh, I have fallen for this completely, but we will get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we get a blackout and we hear screaming and we see a man. This is Dr. Saura. He rushes into a creepy looking house and he's followed by a cameraman who is filming everything. Saura runs into the room where the screaming is coming from and we see Nikki, this 16 year old girl. She's in bed and she's in full demonic attack. And we're talking like the writhing, yeah. screaming, head turning around. De todo, de todo. De todo. Her mom, Carmen, is there. The, what I'm going to call, like, the empleada or, like, the nanny? Yeah, Doña Tere. <laughs> Doña Tere. Love Doña Tere. So she and Carmen are there. And we see Nikki's eyes turn white. We see flashes of creepy faces, including, I'm pretty sure, an exorcist <laughs> face. I wrote 
down so many fucking times. I was like, they literally just took that devil face that you saw when when fucking Reagan gets her MRI or whatever. I was like, that's just what it is. Slice, boom, paste. And so, you know, it's crazy. There's a lot happening. Exorcist face. But I, again, looking for the high points. This actress who played Nikki. She did a good job. Delivered. Delivered. Nice job, girl. We hear Nikki praying and we get our title card, Exorcismo Documentado. <laughs> we see Carmen, the mama, she's being filmed and interviewed by Nikki's shrink, Dr. Saura, who's the same dude we just saw run into that house. Mm-hmm. I think we're at his office now or his whatever. Yes, I believe so. Carmen says Nikki was a healthy and good child. Her dad died when she was very young. I raised her with La Tere, La Doña Tere, as an only child. And we see pictures of Nikki as a little girl. Very cute. And Carmen says, it all started when Nikki began to get these manchas on her skin that (laughs) turned into a rash. These pictures? Girl, these pictures. First of all, the minute that the first picture comes up and the mom is like... Salieron unas manchas. And then the picture that comes up, I was like, that's ringworm, bitch. And then the one. Oh, my God. I thought I was like either a tick, bitch, you because this is real. That is okay. I tanta foto. There is so much stuff in like medical stuff that they show that are actual pictures of actual things that I was like, is this pantano los cuervos and we're seeing an uh, uh, autopsy again? What the fuck, bro? <laughs> Yo creo that they probably were like, ah, esto va a ser algo de psiquiatras y whatever. They probably were like, we need medical pictures because these are obviously pictures that are like, look, I have a skin condition. Look, this is like from medical books or something like that. Not practical effects. Real. No, like people's actual skin problem so we see first ringworm (laughs) this picture of ringworm immediately i was like that's ringworm and then the picture (laughs) that comes out after i was like that's psoriasis bitch who's did they get the permission of this poor psoriasis person what person's medical background did they like they snuck into some fucking hospital and they're like a ver agarra cualquier foto bro (laughs) Honestamente, probably Google psoriasis, boom, put it in the movie. Because again, this is presented as like you are watching a documentary about, you know, this exorcism, exorcismo documental. (laughs) Okay, so we see these real pictures and they're fucking gross. Entonces, La Carmen, she continues, she says, around October of last year, Nikki got depressed and quiet. And then we see footage of Nikki on the floor writhing around and she starts to vomit. Dude. And it's the so vomiting gross. They're okay. Gird your loins, people, because I've never seen so much vomit in a film. And we stay on her forever. barfing forever. Forever, dude. I literally was like, yeah, suficiente con el fucking barfing, bro. So we see poor Nikki just on the floor, just like barfing out, like chunking, chunky (laughs) vom. Disgusting. And in the footage, we see like a little, you know, like some palabras that say experts concluded that the vomit was ectoplasm. And then so Carmen finally says it was like my daughter wasn't there anymore. It's the 12th of February. We are outside an old, scary house. This is where they live. And I was like, this is why you're possessed. <laughs> That's why I 
daughters possess. You live in a haunted house, bro. This house. First of all, fucked. I don't believe that anybody would live here, especially porque esta señora, she's like, she's not a señora that would live in this house. Like this, it's a no. big house. It's very uh, inside. It's son las her, tres. Exactly. la hija, and like Doña Tere. Why no. do you live esta in this fucking house? señora who's always like put together y de todo. I'm like, you no. wouldn't live in this run Absolutely ass down not. house. Like this house is in shambles, but we're shambles. supposed to believe that this is where they live. <laughs> and so La Carmen is inside this house. She's walking upstairs and she finds an old pocket watch on one of the steps. And in a voiceover, she says, we began to find just random objects throughout the house and we didn't know whose they were or why they were there. Now, have you ever seen the TV show A Haunting? No. Which one's A Haunting? A Haunting? Oh, I can't remember what it was on, what channel it was on. Maybe sci-fi? Is I don't it remember. Mike Flanagan joint? No, I wish. Um, no, it's um, it was kind of cheesy, kind of low budge, honestly, very low budge. And I was fucking obsessed with it. I loved A Haunting. Of course I did. But it's basically like recreations of people's hauntings. And oh, it's usually okay. like quite poorly acted the effects are bad but i <laughs> when i tell you i loved this show and every now and then even though you're like look at that terrible like tv cgi it's scary you know sure and this movie i was like oh this is like a haunting episode because at the top they tell us like this is a reconstruction or like a recreation of what happened but i thought here who's filming her is this like actual movie or is somebody in her house filming her? I didn't understand. Who's filming Who's you? Who's filming? Because even the way that it's filmed feels like somebody holding a camcorder. They do every now and then acknowledge another person doing the filming. But there are parts where you're just like, well, OK, let me just shift my disbelief. and like, Yes. And like actually be in a movie. Yeah. Not like a documentary, like a, a movie movie. Yeah. This doesn't make sense right now, because if this is all recreation, this woman wouldn't be able to recreate this particular scenario because, spoiler alert, she ends up in a wheelchair at the end of the movie. They literally say she can't walk anymore. So how in a recreation is this woman walking up the stairs? Girl. Well, OK, <laughs> let's just keep going. It says 1230 p.m. on the screen. And I thought. You mean a.m.? I think you mean a.m. <laughs> La Carmen is in bed and her clock stops. She hears chains and footsteps and she hears a man's voice out of thin air just say, No hay nada que creer. And in her voiceover, she says, I began to feel a very strong presence. This line, No hay nada que creer, is repeated throughout this film. I'm not going to mention it again. For what purpose? I don't understand. I don't know who's saying this. I assume a demon basically saying like, there's nothing to believe in. There's no hope. You're fucked, basically. Okay. It's the next day, question mark. And because what is time in this film? And we're at a table with Carmen and Nikki, pero la Nikki won't eat. Mirador. At this point, I had already begun the smoking. and. Sure. It was almost like the director was standing behind them and being like, okay, just convince your daughter to drink the soup. 
And the woman was like, would grab her hand and be like, Ay, hija, pero tenes que comer. And then she would go back to her own soup and like scoop it up and drop it, scoop it up and drop it. And then touch her hair, whatever. And the girl sitting there like staring into nothing. And I was like, we are here for so fucking so long. long. Now, like I said, La Niki, I was like, I, I buy it. Pero la mamá, she wasn't great. She has moments. There was like a moment. There was a moment toward the end where I was like, okay, I'm I'm feeling you more. Pero throughout the film, I was just like, señora, es que no puedo. <laughs> she's not overacting. She's just like. No, she's underacting, if anything. I'm just like, girl, your daughter is barfing ectoplasm. Is possessed by the devil. The stakes are high, honey. They're high. And then this poor girl, I was like, how is this happening again? This poor girl is like, and then she voms into the soup. And I was like, y por qué más vomitada? We don't need so much fucking vomiting. Why so much vomiting? And not only does she vomit, they're like, (laughs) Let's get an instant replay. And they like do a fucking replay of the vomit moment. They do a freeze frame, a freeze frame. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In the back, in a a mirror, mirror. you see like a screaming kind of ghostly woman. They're like, look at the ghost. And they like zoom in on the ghost. Okay. Now, I rewound this moment again, even though I was like, why the barfing? I rewound (laughs) it to the original barf, not the rewind barf, the first barf, because I was like, oh, was that ghost there the first time around? So I did the same thing, yeah. It absolutely was not. No. And it's obviously, it looks like clip art that they fucking put in the back. They're like, and here's a screaming vision in the background. And I was like, guys... Guys, there was so much freeze frame. Like, look at that thing in the back. Look at that thing in the back. Look at that thing in the back. And with like a click sound to make it seem like they were taking a picture of it. It was like, like I was and then like, just like <laughs> screaming ghost woman. The purpose of this vom scene at the table is Carmen saying, because she's still in the doctor's office talking to Dr. Saura, being like, this is how, this is everything that happened. So basically she's like, I thought that poor Niki was anorexic, so I took her to a doctor, but then she started having convulsions, so I took her to countless, countless doctor visits, and that's how I met you, Dr. Saura. We're like, okay, cool, this is how they met. Another intertitle. It says, in the next few days, Nikki self-flagellated and threw herself against walls. And then we actually see a picture of Nikki's face and it's fucked up. Fucked. Fucked One up. One of her eyes is all hinchado and like she's got a like a huge gash on her cheek. Like, it, right. It didn't look terrible. I'm going to yeah, say. Yeah, I agree. Looked, There's some, some of the stuff fucked. that they do to the girl, to Nikki, yeah. doesn't look that bad at all. We then cut to Carmen and Nikki at the hospital, and Nikki undergoes a bunch of exorcist-style exams, which, if you've seen The Exorcist, you know what we mean. It's every exam that has ever been made in the history of medicine. It's lo, es la sangre. Son los ojos. Every fucking thing that they could do medically, they're like, let's do it. 
when they check her eyes in her little pupil, you see death with a, with a scythe in there. Did you see? I was going to say, was that death in her fucking eye? Oh, my fucking God, With a dude. scythe. Oh, my gosh. Pero then we get real footage of this hospital they're at with close-ups of sick patients. And it weirded me out, dude. It was fucked up. Me too, dude. I was like, we don't need to see these poor people suffering, suffering their ailments in the fuck. There was nobody in there being like, do we have your permission to do this? No, no. I am assuming here, but I yeah. I think I might be right that they were just like, <laughs> yeah. Mira, we're here. We're just going to film these people who are suffering in the hospital and make it super creepy. It really made me uncomfortable. That was unsettling. But in a way that you're just like, don't film these people. Not like, oh, I'm scared. Like, have some respect. Yeah, dude. Okay, so after taking an MRI or a CT scan, I believe it is a CT scan because it looks like x-rays. But what the hell do I know? We meet a doctor. I called him Dr. Mustache. And he's like looking <laughs> at D. <de> <laughs> Okay. Dr. Mustache. <laughs> so Dr. Mustache <laughs> is looking at Nikki's brain scans. And again, uh, same thing from The Exorcist, where it's like you hear like the <laughs> like the screen with the x-rays coming in, like exactly the same thing, except it's CGI. And also we're there for 50 minutes. I, I literally wrote, yo no entiendo. Because they never explain it. They show every brain scan on the fucking planet. They even zoom in <laughs> to specific parts and then we cut to the doctor. Y no dicen nada. We cut to Dr. Mustache talking to Carmen after he's like, Mira eso, a ver, uh, y eso que es. And then he's like, we didn't find anything. No lesions. And I was like, wait. We just spent 30 minutes looking For at brains. 10 minutes. Ooh, Bro. So el doctor mustache is talking to Carmen and he's like, <laughs> no lesion, but she might be epileptic. And that might explain the violent attacks that Nikki has been having. Y la Carmen asks him, is it normal for Nikki to be having hallucinations because she's been saying that she sees dead people in the house? And the doctor's like, um... <laughs> <laughs> I actually liked his reaction. It was very like, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that uh, means. Like, he's just that's like, ah, not that's, my. I don't know. And he's literally like, we'll get it under control with medication. She's right. got to take her meds. Everything's going to be fine. Okay, so we're back at the creepy ass rundown house and Saura <laughs> is talking to Nikki. Her face, I liked the, the prosthetics here or whatever they did. Her face is all hinchado, like her lip. Like a big lip. Yeah, it looks like she got stung by a bee or so. That's not what yeah, it is. Yeah, like yeah. It's just because she's been bashing her face against the wall. It looked pretty good. And yeah. so Saura asks her, what is your name? She says, Nikki. He asks her how old she is. And we hear what I'm going to say sounds like an old lady voice say, yes, he says. Which I actually <laughs> was like, uy, creeps. I wrote down, uy, esa voz. Esa voz. It, it was creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And then, bam, her body starts to convulse and we see her throat get all swollen, Ugh. just like in The Exorcist. <laughs> yeah. Another intertitle. It says, two days later. 
We're in the basement of their creepy-ass house, and Carmen and Dr. Saura are trying to calm down Nikki, who is huddled in a corner under a little crucifix. And Dr. Saura asks, is someone inside you right now? Are they punishing you because of the death of your dad? Another spoiler alert right here. What? Why? Why? Unless I missed something. So they bring up the fact that Nikki's dad died a couple of times. They never say how. No. They ne- Why the fuck would Dr. Saura say, are they punishing? Like, what did she have to do with her father's death? She was a child. They, they never discussed this. Nothing. If anything, this would be an interesting plot thing, twist sure. to come back to. No, it is not something that is revisited. I don't understand. Anyway, so then, then he asks her, who are the dead people that you see in the house? Who have you been seeing? And then Nikki's nose starts to bleed. And I thought, not bad. I actually thought the blood looked pretty good. And she says, the people I have been seeing are Los Miles, Mercedes, <laughs> Antonio, Ezequiel, Joaquin. And then Nikki turns to us and her eyes are white. And she says to Saura, you shouldn't have abandoned your son. And then she screams and the crucifix flips upside down. Another thing, she says this to Dr. Saura. Never, never mentioned it's again. Never mentioned again. Another intertitle. It says Saura and Raul decide to spend the night at the house to monitor Nikki. And I wrote, who the fuck is Raul? No. <laughs> it's the cameraman. But I thought, how am I supposed to know that? All of a sudden, he's here and you're just like, okay, I'm accepting this news. Okay. Saura and Raul are staying the night. And then it says 3.15 a.m. Ora nona. Saura is watching a video of Nikki writhing in bed. And again, another freeze frame. <laughs> he sees a creepy dead hand behind her. And then he analyzes the audio. He hears a bunch of voices that are just straight ripped from The Exorcist. And when he reverses... Brother, you opera? Like from The Exorcist. <laughs> just in the back. As he's breaking down all the different separate voices from the recording, you hear like, you know, random phrases from a man, a woman, Nikki herself. And then Ayatra. just like in the fucking exorcist oh man dude and so these voices in reverse you know he can finally tell what they're saying and it's like don't tell anyone let her die like fucking exorcist and then my favorite la puerca is mia the sow is mine Dude, no, you can't do Uh, this. Oh, my gosh. And then he freeze frames another image in the footage he's watching. And in the back, we see creepy demonic eyes. Now, have you seen the movie 13 Ghosts? No, you've asked me this before. And every time I'm like, no, (laughs) we need to watch it. It's trash. And I fucking love it. (laughs) Every time we've talked about it, you always say (laughs) say those exact same words. It's trash. And I fucking love it. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. I'm pretty sure these eyes belong to the Jackal from 13 Ghosts, which is a terrifying ghost in that movie. I could be wrong. So horror fans listening to this, please watch it and let me know if that's what it is or whether you think it's something else. What did you think it was? 
To me, it gave me evil dead eyes when she's popping out from under the ground. It also gave me like, oh, they just took the devil from the exorcist and then just clipped everything else and just kept the eyes. See, that's the thing. It could be a million different things, but I th- that was the fun of it for me to be like, oh, where did you cut that from? For me, I'm going to say my guess is 13 ghosts, but I'm going to need people to look at this and be like, no, 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 no. It's this thing. And then, ooh, Dr. Saura turns around and Nikki is standing right there. I knew it was coming and I still freaked out. It's just, it still made me jump. Now, I will say this. There were several jump scares in here that I don't know if I can attribute to my stoneness or actual creepiness because him and the sound stuff and like looking at pictures and pausing in videos and stuff like that this was a huge long chunk of him like doing research and it's obvious that they're building up to this moment where something is going to jump out at you Mm -hmm. especially after we've just looked at these weird eyeballs for such a long time so i was like this moment sure needed to be cut down like should have been edited a little bit but i think they did a decent job at building tension so that this jump could be as good as as it was yeah i totally jumped it worked for me even though i was like it's coming it's coming when is it coming okay so he gets the shit scared out of him and then it's the next day and we're in the kitchen and Carmen tells Dr. Saura that the last time she had a coherent conversation with Nikki, Nikki told her that the demons would leave her body on April 4th. And she also says that Nikki had a brother named Joaquin who died before Nikki was born, but that she never told Nikki about him. And so Saura's like, ooh, Nikki said the name Joaquin during one of her demonic attacks. And Carmen's like, I see Nikki has been telling me things that she never could have known, like about the death of her grandma. Her grandma died in this horrible accident, in a horrible car accident. And Carmen says the accident was so bad that the steering wheel pierced her chest and somehow Nikki knew all of this. And then we see pictures of a car accident And an actual person in the hospital with a fucking thing stuck in their chest. For real. Oh, I mean, literally, the picture itself, they have blurred out the person's face. So you know that that photo was probably in a book or in some newspaper or something. This is... Not cool, people. No. That's and there real? are several other photos. I wrote down, Jesus, wait, is that real? It's fucking real. It's disrespectful. Ugh. And I did. I just didn't want to see that. I did not want to see that. So this family has had the dad die, the brother die, the grandma die. Like, something's up. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's honestly a good observation that I didn't pick up on. And I think that this movie should have made a bigger point of. Yeah. If everybody around you is dying and now your daughter is fucking filled with devils. Come on. Something's up. You need to go way back. You need to go like way. We're talking like past lives. You need to get a cleanse. Like something's up in there. Talk to una bruja, un brujo or whatever. And like, no, but I mean like cleanse that family tree. Yeah. 
So still in the kitchen after we've seen this horrible picture of this poor dead person, Carmen says, you know, my mom's wedding ring disappeared in the car accident, but that was 25 years ago. And you won't believe it, but the ring appeared while I was cleaning Nikki's room. It was right under her pillow, and Nikki said that grandma put it there to protect her. Okay? Okay. Very quickly, I will mention that they go to the basement because Godman is like, you gotta see Nikki's drawings. They were so cute, and now they're scary, and they show us a picture from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. <laughs> like it's one of Nikki's drawings. No. No, no. No. Oh, Jesus Christ. Another intertitle. It says, Raul. <laughs> I was like, oh, the cameraman. Yeah. Raul has decided to leave because he is so scared. So another camera guy is going to come and replace him. And then we get a scene. With Raul. Yes. That shows us what that intertitle <laughs> just told us. Literally, Raul is like, mira, Saura, es que me quiero ir. Y lector Saura. Pero por qué no quedate? De nuevo el Raúl. Es que no me quiero ir. De nuevo el fucking, eh, ¿cómo se llama? El Saura. No, por favor, quédate. Don't be scared. De nuevo, Raúl. Pero ¿sabes qué? Es que, es que me quiero ir. Puta, for 10 minutes. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> oh, my God. I was laughing so hard at that because I was like, we're in a loop. It was Endless. Una cosa que sí me encantó from this movie, and I'm going to say it now, even though you'll hear it later on. I loved Raul because he was like, Mira, brother, yo me voy. And the way he spoke, because at this point, everybody's like, Bueno, la niña tiene problemas sí. psiquiátricos Bien. y estamos aquí, yes. que no sé qué puta. And it's all like medical lingo or like whatever. And Raúl comes in hot and he's like, Mira, y ahora aquí me la encuentro en un video en la casa de una niña que solo miraba bozadas. And I was like, Oh, oh <laughs> shit, Raúl is coming in hot. Yes. And then he's like, no fregue, vos, yo me voy. And he said vos so much that I was like, oh my God, Central America up in this bitch. Vos, I loved hearing that vos. Also, what I assume is a lot of slang from Guatemala in there sí. that I was like, I want to hear this. This is what I want to hear. Which I was like, what a relief to hear someone normal speaking normally. So him, when he said una niña que miraba bozada, I cackled openly. And then he's like, tu madre, Pablo. And I was <laughs> like, yes. And then finally, puta, vámonos a la mierda, Pablo. I was like, yes, dude. Raul this is what we is came here. for. Like, even though we sat there for 15 minutes with him being like, yo me quiero ir. No te vayas, pero yo me quiero ir. No te vayas, pero yo me quiero ir. No te vayas. Like, literally, so for 15 minutes, I didn't give a shit because Raul was like, brother, vos, no, no fregué. <laughs> this is the worst scene and the best scene at the same yes, time because it's absolutely. useless. But I would never recommend this movie to anybody. Sorry, I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> didn't didn't did not enjoy. But I would be like, watch this movie just for this 10 minute scene for where Raul. Raul actually is like speaking truth and actually giving us like what feels to me like Central American realness, if yes. you will. Central you know? <laughs> American realness. Boots the house down boots. <laughs> oh, my God. So basically, Raul tells us that he got scared because he was looking through the footage and he saw his dead grandma 
in a video that he filmed. And I wrote, that looks like Mother Teresa. Oh, my God. The, when they stopped on her, I was like, que puta Raul has left the building. Okay. Yeah. We cut to Nikki writing on the wall with her own shit and eating her shit. Bro, bro, bro. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Not, I wrote not the shit on the wall and eating it. E eating it. <laughs> and then we cut to Saura reading a book about possession. This is Jaws. This is where Brody is, you know, looking through that book about all the sharks with all the shark yes. bites and everything. Like the music is even similar. And he starts to circle these words like <laughs> violencia, satanás. And I was like, dude, we know. However, they show pictures of mangled hands and mangled feet and they show this bathtub picture it's like basically silence of the lambs the body <laughs> in the bathtub yeah. in silence yeah, of the yeah, lambs yeah, yeah, yeah. real yeah, yeah, yeah is this real i don't Puede know ser. maybe it it's from ser. fucking silence of the lambs i wouldn't put it past <laughs> this movie pero hay una foto of a cabeza of a head the back of a person's head that person died by machete somebody macheted the person for real I was like, I don't want to see this. Exactly. I don't want to see oh, this. I literally just wrote here. What the fuck? <laughs> I wrote, I don't trust that these are not real pictures. It's real. All right. Let's keep going. It's 3.15 a.m. again. Saura hears a noise and he wakes up and he goes to inspect and we fully hear exorcist laughter. Like, again, ripped from the exorcist. <laughs> And he goes into a room whose uh, the door of this room keeps opening by itself. So he goes into this room and in the room, he sees a little boy in like a mirror reflection uh, humming in a corner. Maybe that's his son that he abandoned. I don't fucking know. Or Joaquin. Or Joaquin humming in the corner. And then he gets the shit scared out of him by Nikki, who has gone full the grudge. Now, here's the thing about this scene is that it got me because it had those... The swinging camera moments, you can yes. never trust them. He would look at the kid in the in the fucking corner and then try to see if the kid was there in the mirror. And I was like, who's popping out? Yeah. So Saura gets the shit scared out of him. So he runs back to his bedroom and she crawls up the stairs on all fours behind him like the grudge. And she's even yeah. doing the uh, uh, thing from the grudge, like the same thing. Okay. We cut to a psychic in a cape talking to Carmen. Oh, boy. He opens a scarf full of objects found throughout the house that belong to dead people. And he says, these all belong to dead people. This is another thing that, you know, like I mentioned at the top when Carmen finds that clock on the stairs and then she finds the ring under the pillow. Dead people have just been tossing shit left and right in this house. I don't understand the purpose. I assume it's like a poltergeist thing where it's like, this is a gateway for the dead and they're just dropping their belongings. But it doesn't help our story. The one moment where I was like, oh, this could be a good little part of the story is if these dead people who have been leaving their trinkets are doing it to protect her because 
at the point where the mom is describing the wedding ring and she mm-hmm. said like mi madre or whatever la abuela la dejó para que la protegiera and i was like okay so the grandma is saying protect my demon infested daughter maybe all these other ghosts are like we're here because we are good and we want to protect you here's my pocket watch but it's never explained i don't even need it explained just give me like a little bit more just one line that says Oh, this was like when Raul sees his dead grandma and he's uh-huh. like, I'm out of here. He can be like, I also found this handkerchief that was blessed when I was baptized. I don't fucking know. Cualquier mierda. My dead grandma left the handkerchief like people are looking out for us because this house is so fucked. Algo así. Algo, pero nada. And so this psychic is like, these belong to dead people. Okay, cool. And then he says... Bring me something that belongs to Nikki, something that she loves. So Carmen goes. Not this fucking thing, dude. She brings back a horrible doll. Horrible. And of course, I thought, how's Eileen doing? How is she doing? How are we doing? I was not doing well. (laughs) I was not doing well. Uh, And so the psychic sniffs this doll. The psychic is the scariest part of this movie. What the fuck is going on here on this day? This psychic creeped me out. He's creepy as fuck. Absolutely. Also drinking water with two hands like a little child. And like putting his fingers in the water and like just spraying it in Carmen's face. <laughs> just spraying it. Okay. And not Señor. even blessing it. He, no, ni que fuera nada. que he was like, en nombre del Padre, el Hijo, Espíritu Santo, a ver, ahora es agua bendita. No. And here's a glass of water. And it's I'm water. throwing it in your fucking mug, dude. And so our psychic says, there are three presences in this room, two adults and one kid. And then we see a picture. They show us a picture of the two lady ghosts from the hallway scene in Insidious. That's who they are. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That's who they, that's what they are. I, oh I'm my again, God, 99.5% sure that that's who they are. And then we see a little boy standing in front of them. And this is little Joaquin. Pero when we see this picture of the two insidious ghosts and the little boy, we hear Carol Ann from Poltergeist say, Mommy! For real. They rip that from Poltergeist. And so Carmen is like, I me Joaquin. And the psychic says, Joaquin is asking you not to cry. And these other two ghosts are just lost souls. (laughs) (laughs) And so the psychic says, the demon is here. And he said this line, which I was like, oh, I kind of like that. He says, esta casa es como que fuera la garganta del diablo. Uh uh It's like this house is the throat of the devil. Ooh. Cool. I like that. So he says, you need a theologist who specializes in Satanism. And he's like, are you Catholic? And immediately, La Carmen is like, And I was like, hello. Hello, Latin America. Yeah, totally. Uh, so she's like, yes, duh. And so the priest <laughs> says, there are four demons. The first is in the mind. The second... Is in the genitals. And he says, (laughs) what the fuck? He says, her genitals will be inflamed and bleed and will leak a fetid semen. And then we get a shot from Insidious, another Insidious shot, when the mom, Rose Byrne, lifts the sheet and we see the red handprint, the demon handprint right by Dalton's feet, actually from the movie. Primero, I just want to... 
uh-huh. reiterate the phrase, the thing that he says, where he's like the genitals thing. Van a radicalizar la, los genitales. And then he was like, not only is she going to bleed, but he was like, it's like she's going to be on her period forever. Que va a tener su periodo para siempre. And it will leak out putrid semen. Like, Ugh. what the fuck? Why? Like, Why? What the, the focus on that. Why? And then he says the fourth demon. And I thought, wait, ¿Y el what about the third? <laughs> Where's the third? Where is he? So, oh or she, whatever. One, two, four. And so he says, the fourth demon is in the tongue. It's great at insulting people. And he says, don't go upstairs until the priest comes. Don't give Nikki any more meds. We have to call the exorcist. Hay que llamar un exorcista. <laughs> the dramatic music. The dramatic acting, it's all supposed to be like this huge buildup and it's just not good. I'm pretty sure that's the moment when I was like, how is there still an hour left of this film? Oh, there's an hour. Finally, a Spanish priest arrives. Outside of Nikki's bedroom, we hear Nikki screaming and she sounds like this. Did you hear that? <laughs> Yes. Tell me you heard yes. that shit. Of course I did. And it, <laughs> it was repeated several times. And every time I heard it, I was like, what is this little kid doing like vocal warm-ups? <laughs> Why? No, no, no. And that's original. Like that, they they were like, somebody just please do this for us. Uh, I'm going to say that's probably from a sound bite online that you can like give me spooky sounds kind of thing. Ser, Yo no creo, I don't think there is a single moment that isn't like found from a computer or a data bank somewhere or whatever. The problem is it's not scary. It sounds humorous Hilarious. and like, shut up, kid. Like, yeah. you're being annoying. <laughs> <laughs> so the priest goes in to see Nikki and demon Nikki keeps calling him a pendejo. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> and she barfs again. Oh, all the barfing. All the barf. So later on, the Spanish priest comes to speak with Carmen in the living room and he's like, well... It's bad. <laughs> Can I just, I feel like you've given us so many great examples of how everything has been ripped out of other films. I have one moment that I was like, oh, I know this from a film. Oh my God, please. Yes. So I believe it's before the priest arrives, but Nikki is in bed. She's sleeping. The door like opens slightly, very, very slowly. And we hear boom, boom, boom. And I was like, oh, this is paranormal fucking activity, dude. Yes, girl. I didn't even mention it because I was like, this does. This, it's not this important. scene it's serves like, no purpose. That scene, it was garbage. But I was like, oh, and then you, the door opens. You never see anything. You see just darkness from the yeah. door. And she's just laying in bed. And then it boom, boom, boom away. And you're just like, oh, that's yeah. it. That's the scene. But Good I was catch. like, but thank you so much. My I, The one thing I was able to pinpoint a name to. I love it. So the priest is like, okay, Carmen, it's bad. And he gives us the same shit we always hear in possession movies. He's like, I need to get an exorcism okayed by the church before I can do anything. And he also says, she also said this. I just happened to write this down in my notes. He's like, she said, perra sucia, tu vientre yace podrido. <laughs> okay. And then he asks, 
Have any <laughs> phrases appeared written on Nikki's body? This is called demography. And if you had proof of it, that would really help us out. And Sauda's like, yes. And he shows the priest the pictures of Nikki's shit writings on the wall. And I thought, that's not, her, not body. her body. But <laughs> apparently she wrote in Sanskrit, la perra es nuestra, somos una. Mm-hmm. Again, the priest is like, this is fucked, but the church has to say yes first, so we'll see. It is now nighttime. In her bathroom, getting ready for bed, Carmen hears footsteps. And then in a mirror reflection, we see Nikki crawl by on the ceiling. Totally freaked me out. And then when Carmen washes her face in the sink, there is an old woman ghost in the mirror. And then someone walks behind her. Uy, qué horror. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it is 3.35 a.m., La Hora Nona. La Hora Carmen Nona. wakes up to find Nikki standing over her, slashing her own face with the crucifix. So Oy. this is the event that it's like, no. Okay, it's the 20th of March. The exorcism has finally been approved by the archbishop. Fucking finally, dude. Finally. The Spanish priest is now back at Carmen's house, and he's prepping Dr. Saura and Carmen, and he's giving the same exorcist spiel. Don't listen to her. The demon lies. What is upstairs is not your daughter. Another intertitle. Oh, my (laughs) God, dude. It says, listening to and watching these tapes might result in your very own demonic activity, so maybe say a little protection prayer to San Miguel Arcangel, which you better believe... I absolutely did. This is the moment that I was like, my gullible ass. I was like, I'm not going to play with that. I will not play with it. You're telling me to say a protection prayer? I totally did. I literally wrote the repressed Catholic in me is like, "Hmm, maybe I should. (laughs) Uh, Yes, dude. Because not only was this like a warning to Mm -hmm. the viewer, but it literally said like, our religious council has advised that people watching this may have their own. And I was like, what the, f- <laughs> what? So when, it, when they said, maybe, si te da la gana, dale un, uh, <laughs> agarra tu rosario y date un fucking una rezadita in case you have your own demon shit go on. So I was like, no me padre, el hijo espíritu santo, vámonos. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to fuck with this. I won't fuck with it. Because if I'm being totally honest, oftentimes possession movies, demon stuff, those are the films that actually scare me. And honestly, maybe it has to do with growing up in Latin America because I'm like, I won't fuck with it. I won't. So everybody say a little prayer. Here we go. The end of our film. Why does she have a ball gag in her mouth? I wrote right here. <laughs> they all go upstairs into Nikki's room and poor Nikki has a ball gag in her mouth. Why? Por qué? No There's no reason. So they take it out because shocker. More vomiting. She's puking. So they take out the ball gag and Carmen and Tere leave the guys to do their thing. And there's just puking. And now the burping. Bro. <laughs> the burping. I was belching sitting there like (laughs) now this made me laugh because i'm gonna call you and matthew out real quick here (laughs) the two of the most important people in my life are big burpers like i don't think i've ever heard (laughs) bogs what is it bags of gas (laughs) bags of gas was that what it was yeah yeah 
Like, uh. Matthew, a cada rato. Ba, wa, por todos lados. Eileen is queen of the burps. And Thank you so I, much. Like, powerful. I am not a fan of burps. And, like, I, this <laughs> oh, made me laugh because know. I was just like, I mean, I've told you that before. But, like, I started to laugh here because I was just like, I had a moment of reflection where I was like, my life is so funny where like two of the most important people in my life just like should win awards for their yeah. fucking burps. Honestly, yes, I should. And then <laughs> Demon Niki starts saying all sorts of nasty shit to the Spanish priest, including... Hoy te orinaré la cara tres veces. Why? What? <laughs> I'm going to pee on your face. Three times. Not once, not twice. Not twice. Three times, Three times. <laughs> so the exorcism begins with the exorcist and Father Karras, I mean Dr. Saura, at his side, <laughs> praying. And it's the same fucking shit, dude. It's the uh, tongue wagging. It's more... <laughs> it's more pendejo. At one point, we see what I thought was... I called her the evil dead burned lady in the shadows behind the exorcist. You see like un fantasma uh -huh. in the back. Not a fantasma, a demon, I guess. And it's all burnt. And I thought that's from fucking evil dead, the remake. Pero that came out after this movie. This is another one where I'm going to ask people to, I mean, I'm so sorry, watch this movie, <laughs> but it's not Evil Dead. That's what I thought it was, but it's either that or it's, ooh, it might be the Amityville Horror remake. Oh. Or it might be Haunting in Connecticut. Whatever. Somebody tell me what the fuck it was, but one of these ghosts in the back. Let us know. Right over there. Let us know, please. And then there's more burping. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much burping. There's so much burping. There's so much burping. Y de repente, eh, la Niki lifts up into the air. And I saw it coming from a mile away. I was like, oh, she's about to be lifted up into the air, just like in The Exorcist. I said, here we go. We're going to levitate. Pero antes yeah. <laughs> that we levitate. Yes. Something she, the demon, kept saying that I was like, brother, every time she says it, the only thing I can think about is this reggaeton song. So she kept saying, atrévete. Atrévete, atrévete, and I was like, "Bitch, atrévete!" Like, have you ever heard that Calle Thirteen no, song? Oh I gotta God, hear it on. though. Hold on. Who sings it? Who does it? Calle Trece. Espérate, espérate. Dame un segundito. Yes. <laughs> So every time she said atrévete, I was like, atrévete, te, te, salte del closet. That's all I could think of. Oh, oh, that's a jam. I think I have heard that song. That sounds familiar. Dude, it's a bop. You gotta. Oh, man. Also, this is a question for you. Mm. Was this movie ADR'd? A thousand percent. There is not a doubt in my mind. It sounded like a novela. Yeah, oh my God, totally. And also, the demon's T's were particularly like, atrévete. <laughs> I can't do it right. They were just like very clipped yeah. T's. Uh -huh. And the ADR was very ASMR-y. Like, cuando la mamá Carmen was praying, it was very like, 
I was like, Demasiado, demasiado. Anyway, atrévete, te, te, te. Salte del closet. So la Nikki starts to levitate. I did like the fact that when she levitates, she's upside down, like an upside down crucifix. I like that too. I liked it. I was like, that's clever. That's cool. She's let back down into bed and more fucking vomit. And then the priest asks for the demon's names. And finally, Nikki replies, Akal, Cain, Judas, Belial, Esferna, Avenon, and Lucifer, the devil himself. And then Nikki pig squeals and she falls back onto her bed. And then Stigmata appears on her wrists. The priest comes up and tells Nikki to kiss the cross. And then she fucking head butts him like Bashes him in the Boom. head with her face. And so the priest goes falling against the wall. There's a huge commotion. And we get another fucking intertitle. <laughs> it says Nikki has disappeared. And they've been looking for her for two hours. We cut to seeing Dr. Saura. He was giving us like a Blair Witch style close up shot. Telling us that the priest is gone. Because the ambulance took him away. The exorcism has been suspended. And then we see Nikki on the ceiling above him. And she jumps down and she attacks him. And then Carmen rushes in to help. And Nikki starts to bash Carmen's head against the wall. She is fucking up her mom. Fucking her up. And then finally, Carmen and Nikki fall over the edge of the banister and crash on the stairs below. This was fucked. I thought this was good. They landed hard. Hard. And then when you see them on the floor, there's sangre por todos lados. The legs are all like twisted. This was this was fucked up. Finally, 24 minutes later, the ambulance comes and takes them both away. <laughs> y todo el pueblo metiche. Esto la gran puta. I was like, this is another Latin American thing. Aquí están los bomberos. Aquí está el fucking EMT. Y está todo el fucking neighborhood. Ajá, ¿y qué está pasando? ¿Y, qué, está pasando? ¿Y quién es esta? Y esta persona, just a bunch of fucking people there. And you know that they were probably like, these are not extras. These are people actually being like, ¿qué está pasando? Oh, y los bomberos son bomberos de verdad. Oh, yeah. Porque yeah, yeah, at the yeah. end in the credits, they're like, thank you so much to the bomberos that came to... <laughs> I am impressed that you stayed through the credits. Holy shit. Yeah. So, finalmente, 24 minutes later, the ambulance takes the mom and Nikki away. And in the ambulance, Nikki says, Joaquin, take me with Jesus. We get our final intertitles. It says, Nikki died two weeks later on April 4th. She didn't stop bleeding for a week after her death. Ew. And then it says, Carmen, the mom, recovered, but she was never able to walk again. And Dr. Saura retired. No one knows where he is. Interesting. In a church, Carmen and Tere are praying. And Tere begins to wheel Carmen away in a wheelchair, but not before Carmen takes one more look back at Jesus on the cross. And she does the cross on herself. And then off they go. And then we see a bunch of candles in this church blow out from the power of evil. But one candle stays lit because the power of Christ compels you. <laughs> <laughs> and then our last little thing it says oh. is, Mas libranos del mal. Amen. 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 <laughs> fin de la película. 
I gotta say though, this ending surprised me because this was bleak. Yeah. That's a depressing ending. Which makes all the things that we heard, like the Joaquin, the, all these things, like, oh, he's gonna, he's coming to protect, he's saying, don't cry, pero se muere. She dies in the end. Well, she said, el 4 de abril, me voy. <laughs> I was not expecting that very, very depressing ending. Anyway, let's get into some trivia. So I found a variety of things on this lovely film. Well, on this film. And uh, the first one I found was from this website, hacercineenguate.com. And it's basically about the premiere of Exorcismo Documentado. Title of the article is Premier de Exorcismo Documentado, Película Guatemalteca. On the 13th of September, in the salas of Alba Cinema, del Centro Comercial Padera Zona 10 was the premiere of the Guatemalan film <laughs> La Película Guatemalteca de Terror titulada Exorcismo Documentado directed by Guatemalteco Rodrigo Alday 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 Al Yo creo que es Alday Alday okay Yeah there was the presence of lots of media and artistic teams and the technical teams of the film. They name all the actors, William Garcia, Hilda Mancilla, Daniela Castillo, Jose Manuel de la Puente, and Roberto Diaz Gomar, that are all Guatemaltecos as well. And they have pictures of like this opening night of this film and people cool. standing in line and they have a ghost or a woman dressed up as Nikki. And so it's this woman covered in blood with like ring hair. And she's like walking by all these people standing in line to see the movie. You see the actors taking pictures together and we see the director and uh, sweet Doña Tere in the movie theater sitting there with her friends like watching the movie. It's very cute. We see the people in the movie theater. It's fucking packed. And then just like people taking pictures with this demon woman it's so fucking funny can we make this a thing though for real i love that put a demon woman make this yeah, happen that's all we want so i found this article on aprende.guatemala.com the article is written by karen ku it's called historia de la casa de la película guatemalteca exorcismo documentado and this came out on May 11th, 2022, so on my birthday. So it says here, the movie, which is categorized as found footage or mockumentary, it was filmed in a very spooky house in La Zona 10, Capitalina. So I guess it's this is the neighborhood that it mm -hmm. lives in. So because of the movie, I guess, there was all these rumors that started about paranormal activity in the house. So it says... To this day, nobody really knows the origins of the house or the people that lived in there. But the reason why people think it's haunted is because of the area that the house is located in. Según Miguel Álvarez Arevalo, so this guy says, a long time ago, the area that is now known as Zona 10 was occupied by fincas that were owned by the high class of Guatemala. Oh, okay. <laughs> A group called Guatespantos, which are basically ghost hunters Great in Guatemala. Fucking 
name. Guatespantos. Oh my god. <laughs> they are the only group in Central or South America that have a ghost hunting television show, I guess. Amazing. Um, so everybody look up Guatespantos. So in 2017, the investigators of Guatespantos went into the house and in one of the videos that they shared from the beginning, a lot of like weird things started happening mm. from objects moving to hearing the voices of small children. And uh, there's even like a little video of it that you can click and see. And that's pretty much all they say about <laughs> this house. So I think oh, it's that's too a, bad. A bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Mm. So because I Googled El Instituto de Psiquiatría y Neuropatología en Guatemala, and it didn't come up. But what did come up was Asociación Psiquiátrica de Guatemala.org. And basically, it's, it's just a group. The website provides services for people, activities, and they have, like, doctor services and things like that. So... You know, there isn't necessarily like a page that is or an instituto that you can go to and be like, hi, I need a psychiatrist. But there is this, which gives a phone number and an email. So if you're in Guatemala and you need a psychiatrist, go to Asociación Psiquiátrica de Guatemala.org. Honestly, important. Yeah. Get yourself a shrink, bro. Okay. What is La Hora Nona? So I went on Wikipedia and in English it's no knowns, nones, knowns, and it says knowns or the ninth hour or the mid-afternoon prayer, which I was like, huh? Because wasn't everything at 3.15 in the morning, which is tec technically the witching hour. So yeah. it says here is a fixed time of prayer of the divine office of almost all the traditional Christian liturgies. It consists mainly of psalms and is said around 3 p.m. So I was like, remember how you were like 1245, don't you mean a.m.? And then yeah. it was like p.m. So maybe they... <laughs> Didn't know, or maybe we didn't read the AM and PM part of it or what, but uh, can't tell you. it is one of the so-called, quote, little hours, whatever that is. Mm, okay. So there you go. Now, what is phenobarbital and Librium and why, why do we need them? What do they do? And all that stuff. So in the film, Dr. Saura is like, here's some meds so that she can fucking chill the fuck out. And then when the psychic comes or the medium or whatever, he's like, stop giving her meds. Stop it because the meds are making her mind numb, which is mm -hmm. making it easier for the demon to take over. And that makes sense. Honestly, I was like, yeah, yeah that's sure. very scary. If your brain isn't doing the things that it usually does, then or your body, then that demon's going to be like, hell, yeah, this is a playground. So so this is Libri Librium and. uh the uses for it are, well, its science name is, oh, here we go, chlordiazepoxide. Chlordiazepoxide. Chlordiazepoxide? Good job. Chlordiazepoxide is used to treat anxiety and acute alcohol withdrawal. It is also Whoa. used to relieve fear and anxiety before surgery. This medication belongs to a class of drugs called benzodiazepines. 
benzodiazepines, pines, peens. I'm gonna say peens. Peens, Peens, yeah, because it's funnier. Which act on the brain and nerves to produce a calming effect. It works enhancing the effects of a certain natural chemical in the body called GABA. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yo, GABA, GABA. So you take this medication by mouth, as directed by your doctor, please. The dosage is based on your age, your medical condition, and the response to the treatment. When this medication is used for a long time, it may not work as well. So talk with your doctor if this medication stops working. And as always, because meds are meds, it may cause addiction. Now, phenobarbital is used alone or with other medications to control seizures. By the way, this is all from uh, WebMD. Um, It reduces your risk of harm when you lose consciousness and lessens your risk for a possibly life-threatening condition of frequent or repeated seizures. Phenobarbital belongs to a class of drugs known as barbiturate anticonvulsants slash hypnotics. It works by controlling the abnormal electrical activity in the brain that occurs during the seizure. Withdrawal from phenobarbital can be severe and include seizures and rarely (gasps) death. So to help prevent withdrawal, your doctor may lower your dose slowly. And it's more likely if you have used phenobarbital for a long time or in high doses. So make sure you tell your doctor right away if things are going Mm -hmm. awry. So if you've been abusing it, basically. Yes, exactly. And when this medication is used for a long time for anxiety or to help you sleep, which is the other side of it, not for seizures, it may not work as well. So when it's used for anxiety and for sleep, that's only for short periods of time. If you have seizures, Mm. that's when it's like for longer periods. And that's the end of my trivia. Fascinating. So let's talk about ectoplasm. Yeah, cool. (laughs) I found this from Wikipedia. Ectoplasm from the Greek ectos, meaning outside, and plasma, meaning something formed or molded, is a term used in spiritualism to denote a substance or spiritual energy exteriorized by physical mediums. Mm. It was coined in 1894 by physical researcher Charles Richet, Richard, oh. I guess. Although the term Richard. is a, <laughs> although the term is widespread in popular culture, there is no scientific evidence that ectoplasm exists, and many purported examples were exposed as hoaxes fashioned from cheesecloth, gauze, or other natural substances. Interesting. The physical existence of ectoplasm has not been scientifically demonstrated and tested samples purported to be ectoplasm have been found to be various non-paranormal substances. Other researchers have duplicated with non-supernatural materials the photographic effects sometimes said to prove the existence of ectoplasm. So apparently it's a bunch of bullshit. But for me, I ectoplasm, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. All the way. <laughs> <laughs> I was honestly thought it was so pretty in Ghostbusters. I loved the ectoplasm in Ghostbusters. Yeah. I also just was curious about 3 a.m. and like why it's so spooky. So I found this article from 
aletea.org. It's in English. Alish, aletea. Ugh, I don't know. I'm not a religious person. Aletea. And the could, title, I don't know that if that's a religious thing, Johnny. I well, the, this uh, website is religious. Just listen oh. to this this article right now. Holy crap! So it says, "Why is three a.m. three a.m. known as the Devil's Hour?" And it says here, the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell us that Jesus died during the ninth hour, a laura nona. In modern calculation, this would be 3 p.m. According to this idea, Satan then flips the symbolism on its head by taking for himself 3 a.m. Oh, okay. In direct mockery of God. Oh, okay. Excuse you. Another reason, <laughs> another reason <laughs> that this time is considered a source of unusually high demonic activity is the fact that it is in the middle of the night, so it's spooky. The sun right. has long been set and will not rise for a few more hours. <gasps> also, Jesus was betrayed by Jesus. By Jesus. <laughs> Hold on. Jesus was betrayed, by, <laughs> betrayed Jesus. by Jesus. Also, Jesus was betrayed by Judas during the night sometimes thought to be at midnight, and Peter denied Jesus before the cock crowed, which is supposed to be around 6 a.m. This would mean that Jesus' trial before the Sanhedrin, 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 something, the Sanhedrin occurred during the quote-unquote devil's hour. Oh, okay. There is a little biology operating here, too, as 3 a.m. marks the point of deepest nighttime sleepiness in the normal adult sleep-wake cycle. To awaken or be awakened at the hour can unsettle our circadian rhythms and make us feel low or anxious. I mean, I've seen enough movies that when I... I wake up at 3 a.m. a lot, actually, and I'm always like, El diablo, ¿qué está pasando? It says here, finally, many people have a personal practice of saying a few prayers if they wake up at 3 a.m. But remember... This article concludes, no matter what the time of day, God is always more powerful than Satan and <laughs> remains the light of the world that will shatter any darkness. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what they say. I also uh, found that article that mentioned Guatespantos, which is just the best fucking title ever. So I looked up Guatespantos. Amazing. So you can find them on Facebook or YouTube. And on Facebook, it says... Investigación de fenómenos paranormales en Guatemala. Please send us uh, photos, videos, audio. Contact us if you've seen some spooky shit. So please feel free to do that. If you look up fucking Guatespantos, you'll find them easily. And it says here that they're like, we invite you to follow our investigations. We are pioneers in investigating, you know, supernatural yes, phenomena in Guatemala. We've got 10 years of experience in the field. Check out our YouTube channel. So I was like, I absolutely will. So I went to their YouTube channel. They've got a ton of videos up there of them doing Fine. ghost hunting. And I used to be such a big fan of ghost hunters back in the day. Honestly, I watch it now and I'm like, it bores me now, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just doesn't carry the same weight that it used to. But this is in the same vein, but in Central and South America, which I love. Very cool. And uh, like I said, you can watch a bunch of their ghost hunting videos, including not only Guatemala, they go to like Costa Rica, they go to other places. No way. And I found the video about this house where they filmed this movie. And so in the video, they're not like 
in the back, you see the video of them ghost hunting in the house. And I'm sure if I looked further, I could find the actual video. But it's kind of long. And I was like, I'm not going to sit here and watch this whole thing. Yeah. But in the video I found, it's like the head guy of this, of Guatespantos. And he's basically talking about his experience there. People oh. are like, you know, commenting on it. was like a YouTube live. Sure. And they're like, oh, what did you do? What? How did you feel? Whatever. And he's just kind of like giving his answers. So he says here that apparently this house isn't near any other homes. It's close to a park and like businesses, shops. There's a, there are bars and a pastry shop nearby. So at night when the shops close, it's very desolate. Like there's Oy. nobody around. Yeah. Apparently during the filming, the actor's clothes and belongings were like moved and hidden throughout the house. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, children's voices were recorded. Skulls appeared on stains in the walls, which they show this in the movie. And I was like, absolutely not. I refuse. <laughs> also, actors and crew left the filming, but there are two theories for that. Either, the, either they were scared or... They weren't getting paid. Oh, okay. Okay. And so he says, this guy, this ghost hunter says that during his experience in the house, he found a big, like, I'm going to say like a paw print on the stairs in the dust with the, with like, garras. Uh-huh. So it looks like demonic. That could be a dog. <laughs> Who knows? And while he was in the house with the other investigators, they all had bad headaches and they were in bad moods. Like they were being real dicks to each other. Mm. So his crew left in the middle of the night, but he had to stay there by himself because he was in charge of the house from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. So he couldn't Mm. just leave. Mm -hmm. And he was too scared to sleep in the house. So he stayed in his car instead of the house, which I absolutely would have done. Fuck, I'm not fucking sleeping in that house. No way. And he says that he heard tapping on the no, windows of his car. No, 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 no. And no. it's just interesting, like you mentioned in your trivia, that nobody seems to know who the owners were. Nobody knows the history of the house. That is actually, that's interesting and creepy. Finally, I found a YouTube video with the director and the writer talking about the movie, and they mention like, oh, this is based on some Guatemalan cases, but no names were given. Sure. The director also mentions, or maybe it was the writer, I apologize. Um, they mention that this movie was also inspired by the case of Annalise Michelle. Oh, I know that. From My Favorite Murder? Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about her real quick. So this is from Wikipedia. Anna Elizabeth Annalise Michelle was born September 21st of 1952. Uh, she was a German woman. And when Annalise was 16, she experienced a seizure and was diagnosed with psychosis caused by temporal lobe epilepsy. Shortly thereafter, she was diagnosed with depression, just like in this movie. And she was treated by a, psychi- by a psychiatric hospital. By the time she was 20, she had become intolerant of various religious objects and began to hear voices. Her condition worsened despite medication, and she became suicidal, also displaying other symptoms for which she took medication as well. After the taking of psychiatric medications for five years failed to improve her symptoms, Michelle and her family became convinced that she was possessed by a demon. And as a result, her family appeared to the Catholic Church for an exorcism. And while it was rejected at first, 
two priests got permission from the local bishop in 1975, the priests began conducting exorcism sessions and the parents stopped consulting doctors. Annalise Michelle stopped eating food and died of malnourishment and dehydration after 67 exorcism sessions. Horrible. Michelle's parents and the two Roman Catholic priests were found guilty of negligent homicide and were sentenced to six months in jail, which was reduced to three years of probation as well as a fine. Uh, And that is the end of my trivia. I just mentioned that because I believe that this is actually what this movie was based on. Yeah, Just like the exorcism of Emily Rose, which is what I mentioned at the top. So I thought I should tie it all together because that movie fucking scared the shit out of me. But this one did did not. not. (laughs) Let me ask you some questions. Yeah. Yes. Jonathan, were you scared? Sure. I was a little scared. I will not lie to you. There were moments where I was like, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. There were a few jumps and bops and boops. So I will give it to this movie. Sure, I was scared. How about you? I wrote, honestly, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, I was scared. There were some uh, jumps in there. Yeah. Uh, What was your best scare? The moment where Carmen is looking in the mirror and... Uh, Laniki crawls across the ceiling sure. behind her. That actually, I that really made me jump. What about you? Yeah, yeah. mine was um, the little kid in the corner and the swinging camera back and forth, back oh, and yeah. forth. I was like, I don't trust this. I don't trust anyone. Is that kid jumping at me? Where the fuck is Nikki? Where the fuck <laughs> is everybody? I can't. Yeah. I don't like this. Um, who was your favorite character? La Tere. I don't even know why. I was just like, I feel Doña comforted Tere. by you. I love you, Doña Tere. Sure, I'll give it to her. How about you? Raul, Raul all oh, the yeah. way. <laughs> Raul forever. Give me Raul all day, dude. Yep, yep. Um, what was your best line? I've got two. I've got several, but oh, go. Oh my God, yeah. Hoy te orinaré la cara tres veces. <laughs> I mean, gotta say it. Yeah. Y también, so that was La Niki, Demon Niki. Y también the, the psychic when he says, Esta casa es como que fuera la garganta del diablo. I, like I said before, I like that line. What about you? Yeah. For me, they're mostly Raul. Give it to uh, me. Lines. Um, y ahora aquí me la encuentro en un video en la casa de una niña que, que mira babosa. <laughs> eh, no fregues, Pablo. Tu madre, Pablo. Puta, vámonos a la mierda, Pablo. All those. And then también shout out to Hoy te orinaré la cara tres veces. What was your best death? I guess I'll give it to Nikki because we don't really see her die. No one really She dies. went through a lot, you know, yeah. and she, I guess, dies off screen in the end. So I will give it to her because she suffered. What about you? I'm giving it to nobody. I didn't see oh. it. So no one died for me. Didn't happen. Sure. Did you learn anything from this film and of the culture? No. Did you? I learned that there is no Instituto de Psiquiatría y Neuropatología of Guatemala. There you go. And uh, finally, how many ooies do you give this film? I'll give it one ooie. Not a great movie. <laughs> Again, like I said, the high points for me were I thought Nikki's performance was good. I liked hearing some of the what I assume is Guatemalan slang from El Raul. It made me jump a couple times. 
Pero mira, wasn't a good movie. Acting wasn't solid for the most part. As much fun as I had, you know, being like, oh, that's from Jaws. That's from Poltergeist. That's from Insidious. That's from that. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's called plagiarism, my guy. I mean, don't do that. You know, copyright. Yeah. Trademark. All that kind of stuff. So one ooey from me. What about you? I gave it two. Wow. uh, Yeah, because I genuinely, it may have been the weed. Who knows? But uh, I had several moments of jumps. Yeah. And uh, as everybody knows, I like to consider my weed deliverance according to like spooks and ooks. And so um, there were enough for me to give it a two. And um, I'm really glad because like we've said before, I don't like shitting on these movies. So I'm glad that you at least gave it a two. It needed to be shorter. It needed to be um, less stolen, I guess, from everybody else. Um, But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? There was enough in there for me to be like, and so you get to from me. (laughs) Exorcismo documentado. It has been documented and it was documented here with us. Right now. Yeah, just now. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let's get out of this haunted house in Zona 10 of Guatemala and, um, I don't know, ask San Miguel de Arcangel, Arcangel to For protection. save us. Yeah. Should yeah. we put a warning at the top of this episode? <laughs> Just read the same intertitle from the movie that says, Mira, <laughs> si te sale un demonio. We're very sorry. <laughs> Viewer discretion advised. Correct. Thank you so much for being here with us, everyone. We send you lots of holy thoughts so the de- the demons don't come for you. <laughs> Remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. Cualquier plataforma. Stick a, stick a nice thing on your stars, on your thumbs, on your whatever. Uh, make sure to follow us on our redes sociales at Uikorror on Instagram and Twitter. Send us an email at Uikorror at gmail.com. Thank you to Sonoro for being the body that houses our demons. Uh, <laughs> you can follow them at Sonoro Podcast on Instagram and Twitter as well. And Johnny, <laughs> if there's anyone I want to spend my life belching next to you, it, it's you. I mean, that is our life. That yeah. is our life. And, and listen, <laughs> there's only truths there. So I will spend my life belching next to you. I fucking love you, my dude. I fucking love you too. And we'll see you guys in la próxima semana. Adiós. Adiós. Uy, qué horror. Es una producción de Sonoro. Produced by Jonathan Atkinson and Eileen Clark. Edición y mezcla, Karina Riverol. Escuche Uy, qué horror en cualquier plataforma donde escuchen podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review. Adios. Adios.